listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. A good Tuesday show for you. We are going to go over last night's Monday Night Football game. We have a lot of NFL things to go over. We've got a major trend developing in primetime games in the NFL. And we're going to talk very little college football, but we're also going to dive into Major League Baseball as both series, ALCS and NLCS, have now started. ALCS is through two games, obviously. NLCS just played their first game last night. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We'll get to all that momentarily. All right, let's start. Last night, Monday Night Football, Cowboys over the Los Angeles Chargers 20-17, to and it was a game that was just who was going to do themselves in worst, last, first. I don't even know how to describe it because it was just a game of sloppy play, poor offensive line play, a lot of holding calls, a lot of defensive penalties, and you just kind of knew that game was going to land right there on three. Now, the line dropped to minus one, Cowboys minus one by kickoff. However, when I gave this out on Thursday, I told you it was Chargers plus two and a half by the half point. Never leave a game on two and a half if you're taking the dog. Always buy it up to three, so that would have been a push. So what did I do? Go one, four, and one pros this week? Not a good week, but just an ugly game all around. My God, boring. You know, 10-7 at half, and just not a lot of offensive firepower. Some big plays were called back because of penalties. It was just a very, very ugly game that just had no flow to it because there were so many penalties called. I don't know what the final tally was. I do remember one graphic at some point in the fourth quarter that they each had seven for close to 80 or 85 yards penalties. And I I believe there were more penalties after that. It just seemed like the whistle was blowing every other play. And it was just hard. It was just a hard game to watch. But Cowboys prevail. They're four and two headed into their bye week. And... You know, you can only play the teams that are put in front of you, but the Cowboys still have not beaten a team with a winning record. They beat the Giants, they beat the Jets, they beat the Patriots, and they've beaten the Chargers. All th- four of those teams, none of them have a winning record right now. Jets have the best record at 3-3. Three and three. Giants, we know, are 1-5. The Patriots, 1-5, and, and the Chargers now 2-3. and three. So, uh, again, this is almost its almost like a Dodgers situation to me when it comes to the Cowboys. It's like you guys haven't won jack shit Since 1995, I don't care what you do in the regular season. It doesn't matter. You've won 12 games in back-to-back years. Great. You got to the playoffs and you lost to the 49ers both times. You had a chance to maybe redeem yourself or show you belonged with them last week. And you got your heads handed to you by four touchdowns on Sunday Night Football. So I don't care if the Cowboys win out this year and they finish 15-2. and They're not going to. But it just doesn't matter. Regular season. I don't want to say the regular season doesn't matter. At least to me, when it comes to the Cowboys, it doesn't matter. They need to prove themselves when it matters most. And I can't gauge this team when they're beating a bunch of under 500 teams. Yes, they can only play who's put in front of them, but it's not like they dominated these under 500 teams. Not all of them. They did have a couple big wins, but, you know, they didn't dominate um, the Chargers last night. And the Chargers are coming off a bye week, and the Chargers have the 27th-ranked defense in all of football. And the Cowboys put up 20 points. 
Defense played really well for the Cowboys last night, and the defense played really well in the first four games of the season. But it was against teams whose offense you're not scared of. You're not scared of the Giants' offense, which has gone, what, 250 minutes without scoring a touchdown right now? Uh, You're not scared of the Jets' offense, really. You're certainly not scared of the Patriots' offense. You are scared of the San Francisco 49ers' offense, and they unloaded on you. And then the Arizona Cardinals. I wouldn't say you're scared of that offense. They had a bad game, for sure. But Chargers have a good offense, so they played well against a good offense. I just I just can't get excited either way for a Cowboy result in the regular season unless they just keep getting blown out or they're losing games that they shouldn't lose because this team needs to be built for what happens in the postseason, and I think they're just too inconsistent. Not even game to game, almost series to series, quarter to quarter, half to half. And, you know, sometimes Dak looks great. Sometimes he looks great just threading the needle, throwing slant patterns 15, 20 yards down the field. And sometimes you just look at him and you're like, with the San Francisco 49er game, you're like, what are you doing? So that's the problem. They're inconsistent. One game they'll look great. The next game they're just like, wait, what's going on with you guys? So very tough to judge that game. They got to win 4-2 and two, headed into the bye week, and they play the Rams and Eagles coming out of the bye week. So... It's good that you were able to bank this win. And I still think, I mean, the, the Cowboys are looking at probably a 10-11 win season, but it's nobody's going to care about that 10-11, maybe even 12 wins in the regular season if they just go one and out in the playoffs again. And that's just the reality of it. Last night, obviously being a primetime game, Monday Night Football, there is a very, very interesting trend developing in primetime games in the NFL this season. So we've had six Thursday night games, we've had seven Monday night games, and we've had six Sunday night games. So Thursday night games, of the six Thursday night games, half of them have gone under, three and three uh, in over-unders. However, on the Sunday night game, the primetime game, five of those six games have gone under the posted total. And in the seven Monday night games, every single one of them has gone under. So (laughs) you now have 15 of 19 primetime NFL games have gone under. Not to mention, unders are dominating overall in the NFL this year. Just for this week alone, I told you about it, we only had two games that went over out of 15. 13 unders this week in the NFL. Two games went over, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Carolina, Miami. Every other game went under, 13-2 and two to the under this week. And it's really showing itself in the primetime games. As I said, 15 out of the 19 primetime games have all gone under. So it's something to keep, uh, keep a look at going forward because why wouldn't you? That's a very – it's a pretty large sample size, and I don't know what the answer is to it. Thursday night makes a little more sense, but that one's 3-3. Three and three. And it's like you have literally two days of practice. So it's like, is the other team not being able to stop the other one because they don't have enough time to look at film? But if, if it's a division game or you more, since you're more familiar, it all depends. But the fact that every single Sunday and Monday night game this year has gone under except for one is really something to keep track of. And the only game that has gone over on Sunday and Monday night football was last week's Sunday night game when the Niners beat the Cowboys 42 to 10. It's the only one that's gone over. So certainly keep it in mind because that is one hell of a stat. So right now there are five five and one teams in the NFL. 
Obviously, nobody's undefeated as the 49ers and Eagles both lost this past weekend. They were the only undefeated teams left. You've got the Dolphins at 5-1, and one, the Chiefs, the Eagles, the Lions, and the 49ers. Well, considering the 49ers are now dealing with injuries to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and coming off a very bad loss, the luster is a little bit off them. I think pound for pound, player for player, they probably have the best team in the league. Miami has shown offensively they are an absolute juggernaut having scored 223 points through six games, which is just incredible. You've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who, while they are 5-1, and one, I and they have won five in a row after that opening Thursday night loss to the Lions, have the Chiefs really impressed you this year? There's something that is off with them, and I don't know what it is, but this doesn't look like the Chiefs team of the past, although... They're sitting there at 5-1. and one. The Eagles certainly look good, but they've had their red zone problems all year long. I'm telling you right now, the Detroit Lions might be the best, I don't want to say the best team in the NFC, but if you look at what they've done, 5-1 and one isn't a fluke. The Detroit Lions are 13-3 and three since week 9 of last year in the NFL. They're also 28-12 and 12 against the spread in their last 40. Jared Goff has the best record against the spread of any starting quarterback in the NFL right now. So this is a team that I don't think is getting by with smoke and mirrors. Remember, they won opening night in Kansas City. They won a divisional road game against the Chicago Bears, and then they won again this past weekend in Tampa. They're 3-0 and on the road this year. Their one loss was at home to Seattle the week after they beat Kansas City on the opening weekend. That was their only loss. 3 and uh, sorry, excuse me. Um yeah, 3 and 0 on the road and they're 2 and 1 at home. I just this Detroit team, you know how I said I'm not getting in front of the Miami Dolphin train. I'm either not betting their game or I'm betting on them or I'm teasing them down every week if they have a, you know, double digit spread. Man, the Detroit Lions are somebody to watch out for. Now they aren't as explosive offensively even though they have scored a lot of points and if I'm not mistaken they are they are third or fourth in the league in in points scored good offense but man they are a solid team that is no fluke I mean I I think you can say now like before I said the Eagles and the 49ers were the class of the NFC and then the step down from them was probably Lions and the Cowboys well I would put the Lions solely in third right now and then everyone else underneath them probably go, you know, Cowboys, Seahawks, and then, I don't know. I mean, the NFC South is a joke. You know, NFC South is 3-2, three 3-3, and 3-3, three and three, three and three, you know. So I'd say right now, Eagles, 49ers, class of NFC, the Detroit Lions are next in line, and then a step under them is the Cowboys and the Seahawks. Some other NFL notes to go over with you, and that is I think the days of Bill Belichick being this genius and, man, if he's ever an underdog, you got to bet Bill Belichick. The shorter answer is no, you don't. Do you know Bill Belichick is 0-13 the last 13 times the New England Patriots have been an underdog? Now, granted, this past weekend was probably the worst beat of those 13. I can't remember the previous 12 games that they lost as underdog. I know that the last few, they were blown out by 35 and 34 points. 
uh, by the Cowboys and the Saints. However, <laughs> did you see what happened this past weekend? Raiders are down 19, or excuse me, Raiders are up 19 to 17 on the Patriots. The Patriots get the ball back with like a minute and a half left. They're on their own five or whatever. And Mac Jones takes a sack in the end zone for a safety and the Patriots lose by four. That line was anywhere from three to three and a half, depending on when you put it in. But man, that was a kick to the nuts. They were definitely over two points. They were definitely two and a half or more all week long. So you were going to win if they just throw an interception or get stopped on downs or whatever. And they would have lost 1917. You would have won your bet. But geez, <laughs> what an absolute kick to the nuts to lose your game that way if you had the Patriots on Sunday. Ouch. And you know how I said at the beginning of the show, look, the Jets are not very good and Cowboys beat them and they're three and three. And if you really break down their three and three record, it is kind of amazing where they're at. Not to mention they've actually played pretty well for three and three and without Aaron Rodgers. Offensively, they stink. They're not very good offensively. They're not very explosive. And Zach Wilson is just hit or miss most of the time he's missed. However, they now have wins over the Bills and the Eagles, and they lost to the Chiefs by a field goal. Then again, this team also lost to the Patriots, and that's the Patriots' only win. But I would say that that was more of a letdown versus to play and beat the Bills and the Eagles and to play the Chiefs to a field goal game. Maybe we should be giving the Jets more credit. And remember at the beginning of the season when we were talking about the Jets, we were saying, look at this look at this schedule out of the chute, and now you don't have Aaron Rodgers. Bills, Cowboys, Patriots, Chiefs, Broncos, Eagles. Well, they went 3-3 three and three by winning the last two. Now you go Giants under 500, Chargers under 500, Raiders 500. Back to the Bills. Probably going to lose that one because you got to go to Buffalo, and then you already beat them in your home stadium, so they're not happy. And then you got Bills and Dolphins back-to-back. But then you go Falcons, Texans, Dolphins again, because it's obviously a division game. And then Commanders, Browns, Patriots at the, to end the season. I Could the Jets actually make the playoffs and then have this wild-ass thing going on with Aaron Rodgers where somehow after five weeks he's walking around? I, I said this numerous times, obviously having torn my Achilles last year. I don't know how the hell he's doing this. Now, it's very possible they did some experimental surgery on him that they tried out to get him back quicker. That's what I'm hearing rumors of. Someone told me something along those lines, but I haven't read it myself. Doesn't mean it's not true, but I haven't read it myself to where they said something like they literally installed the splint within his Achilles, like inside of his leg is the splint as opposed to having it on the outside, which I I don't know. Is that true? I, I don't know if I read that correctly or what. Or somebody told me that. I haven't read it. But the whole thing, I can't believe this. He's walking, and it's not like he has this giant limp. I couldn't touch my foot to the ground for 10 weeks. Everything that I did with my foot, it was in a boot, and I was rolling around on my scooter. I didn't use the crutches. I would rather use the scooter. But even when I went in the shower and had to take my boot off and had to put a plastic thing over my foot, my foot couldn't even be at 90 degrees sitting in a chair in the shower because that means my foot was still touching the ground. It could not touch the ground because you couldn't put any sort of pressure on it. 
how is this guy five weeks post-surgery walking around? And yes, I've seen him with his crutches, but that's not the point. It's not like he's walking around, he's got nothing and no assistance. But the thing is, when he has given up his crutches, I see him walking with just a limp. And it's not like he's totally favoring that leg. The bottom line is he's putting pressure on it every time he takes a step. And I couldn't do that for 10 weeks. I do not understand what's going on. But maybe he isn't as crazy as everyone thinks he is. And he is going to come back and play this year. I still need to see it with my own two eyes to believe it. But shit, five weeks post-surgery, where he's at is light years ahead of not only me, but I'm guessing any other human that's torn their Achilles before. This is nuts. All right, let's wrap it up by talking about the Major League Baseball playoffs. (laughs) I, I can't explain it. I don't know what to say other than I'm happy. Obviously, I want the Texas Rangers to win. Now they're up 2-0 in the series against the Houston Astros. Here's something to keep in mind, though. The Houston Astros, for whatever reason, and it is pretty amazing, for winning the AL West and winning 90 games this year, do you realize they were three games under 500 at home? It's unexplainable. Not to mention there was a stat that I saw that they were 7-22 and on sellouts this year. Yikes. Talk about not performing for your home crowd. Holy shit. But they were three games under. They were 39 and 42. Yeah. 39 and 42 at home this year and 51 and 30 on the road. So you might be like, oh my God, Astros down 2 0, lost both games at home. Now they got to go on the road for three in Texas and against the Rangers. Hey, they were 51 and 30 on the road this year. Clearly they're a better road team than home team this year. And it's probably unexplainable because baseball is witchcraft and it doesn't make any sense. But so I am not completely sold that this series is over it probably is and it would be a really big choke job if the rangers don't close this out not saying that somebody can't come back from a 2-0 deficit but we do know we had that stat last week in baseball when the road team has won the first two games of a series they were 28 and 3 actually that was in a five game series so i don't know what the stat is for seven game series but I got to believe that most teams that go up 2-0, winning the first two on the road in a seven-game series, probably end up winning the series. It's probably at a 90 to 95% clip. Hopefully I can find that number for you. But, yeah, the the thing is the Rangers are good at home this year. They're kind of the same as the um, – I want to say they're, the, they're kind of the same as the Astros were on the road. I want to say the Rangers were like 21 games over 500 on the, on the road this year or at home. Yeah, close. They and so the Astros were 51 and 30 on the road this year. The Rangers were 50 and 31 at home this year. So you got a great home team playing against a great road team. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday in Arlington, Rangers need to win two of those three and they're headed to the World Series. And most importantly, I win my bet. But the series is long from over. I I know that they suck. Their bullpen is terrible, but they're 7-0 in the playoffs. They haven't lost. It would be a catastrophic tank at this ju- at this point if the Rangers don't close this series out because when you win the first seven games of the playoffs, now they're going to have to lose four of the last five games for them not to win this series. So to go 7-0 and and then possibly go 1-4 and in the next five, I mean, that would be – you would be like, wow, what an absolute turnaround – 
I, look, the Rangers and Astros won the same amount of games this year, 90 and 72. The Rangers had a 165 run differential. The Astros were 129. The Rangers were 19 games over 500 at home. The Astros were 21 games over 500 on the road. Like these two teams are pretty evenly matched and the Rangers got the best of them on the road in those first two games. So yeah, can the Rangers come back home and win two of three? They should be able to just go two and one at home and you're good to go. Not to mention you got Max Scherzer back. We don't know how many innings he can go for, but the fact that you got him on the mound is going to be such a boost and that crowd is going to be going so apeshit tomorrow in Arlington, up 2-0, chance to go up 3-0 on the defending World Series champions and the team that you hate the most in the American League. Ugh. This is it's tailor-made for a great, great series and a, a series that the Rangers should win right now because they are just playing better baseball than the Astros. It has shown, and the Astros – while they did cut it to 5-4 yesterday, they got three solo home runs, and they got shut out in game one. So they've gotten four runs in two games, three of them on solo home runs, and one of them on a double. That's it. That's all their runs in 18 innings. So I can't say that the Astros are just right there. They're really not. And the Rangers have Max Scherzer going in game three. You can throw Jordan Montgomery again in game five. If that happens to be the clincher and he's been their best pitcher in the postseason, it's all there for the Rangers. I'm telling you right now, if they lose four of the next five, which is what would have to happen for them to lose this series, that would be catastrophic. Or they technically could lose four of the next four. They could lose four in a row. I, I, I'd be really shocked. you imagine if they go 7-0 and to start the playoffs and then lose four in a row? Or four or five? Either way, it would just be – it would. It would be catastrophic. Phillies beat the Diamondbacks in the NLCS game one last night, 5-3. to three. As I said, I'm petrified anytime Bryce Harper steps into the batter's box in a playoff game. He is so fucking good, and he is so clutch. That's the type of guy you have on your team. And when you think about the Dodgers, that's the problem the Dodgers have. They lack that guy. They lack a guy like Jordan Alvarez, who every time he steps in the box, you just hope no one's on base. They lack a guy like Bryce Harper. Like lack a guy like Corey Seager, who hasn't been great so far for the uh, the Rangers in this series, but he hasn't had to be. So, man, uh, this play. I mean, we we could by by Saturday because the Rangers are going thir- Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. By Saturday, they could clinch and have their pennant already, and then the World Series would start next week. And they won, they won the same amount of games as the Phillies, and they obviously won more games than the D-backs. So. If the Rangers play the Phillies in the um, World Series, just looking at the records now, they were both 90 and 72. I don't know who ends up getting home home field advantage. I got to see and look again what, what the tiebreaker is, but I'm not sure what it is off the top of my head. With the Rangers and Astros, it was head-to-head. Did the Rangers play? Yeah, everybody plays everybody this year, so head-to-head. Let me look to see what the Rangers and Phillies were this year as I scroll. This might take a little bit. Um, So just talk to me. Let me talk to you. You know who that is? That's L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight. Wait a second. The Rangers started this season (laughs) against the Philadelphia Phillies at home. And you know what? They beat them three straight. 11-7, 16-3, and 2-1. to 
March 30th, April 1st, April 2nd. I, the first three games of the season. Can you imagine that? They play them the first three games of the series, and then they end the season in the World Series against them. Wow. So did they play them again as I scroll their schedule? It doesn't look like it. I don't know why they would play the Phillies six times. Um, no, they didn't. Played them three times this year and went 3-0. and First three games of the season, which means I would think head-to-head means that's who gets home field advantage if you have the same record. And they do have the same record at 90-72. and 72. So, wow. Just re- just realized that as I was recording this. So that's good for the Rangers. Good news for them. Uh, I will uh, look into that more, but I'm pretty sure that's the tiebreaker if the Phillies and Rangers play for the World Series, which kind of looks like we're headed towards, but anything can happen. We shall see. Thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also rate and review when you can. Pass this along to your friends. This is a lot of fun. Maybe you don't want to pass uh, along uh, how what my record was this past weekend in the NFL, but hey, I've done really well all season long. I was 20-10-1 going into the season. Now I'm 21-14-2. So basically, I'm down to 60% where I was hitting 66% before the season started. I'm guessing most of you through six weeks would have taken 60% winners in the NFL. So thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.